Praise the Lord. Good day to you. Welcome to our Hebrews Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Pastor Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're with us today. Grab your Bibles, follow along with us through this great study of the book of Hebrews as we begin to see in a greater light the supremacy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can join us live every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on this Pastor Curtis Facebook page. You can watch later as everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And if you have a Spreaker app on your phone, my channel is for those who have ears to hear. We also have a church app, Crossway Church. You can get on your phone. And uh, you can just listen to us anywhere you are. And we thank the Lord for the opportunity uh, that He's given us to be able to speak the Word of God uh, into your life. And I pray that this Bible study in Hebrews would be uh, a great blessing to you, eye-opening experience, a, a faith-strengthening experience in this new year that God has given us to, to walk into here in 2021. It is the fourth day of January here in this new year of 2021. We're in Hebrews chapter 1. If this is the first time you've been with us, then you've jumped in right in pretty close to the ground floor level in chapter 1. And uh, we welcome you and we thank God for you. Let's back up and read verse 1 because I believe we're still going to be uh, trapped in a good way. That is in verse 3 today. It's so powerfully packed with such great light of Christ, great illumination in God's Word of Jesus Christ. And that's the one that we should be looking unto. That's the one we should be seeing when we are studying the Word of God because He's declared Himself that the Scriptures are about Him. He is the light of God. The Word of God is the light of God. And... <coughs> As a matter of fact, the, the written Word of God is only our light if it's seen in the context of the one who is the living Word of God. His name is Jesus. So let's back up to verse 1 today, and I pray God give us the meat that we need today. We need the meat of the Word today. And uh, maybe some of you are babes in Christ. Maybe you need milk. That'll be on the table today too for you. God will give you what you need today if you bring a receptive heart to the Bible study and a desire to know what God is saying in these last days. So chapter 1 of Hebrews verse 1, God who at various times, that's what the word sundry means, and diverse manners, which also means various manners, various ways, spoke in time past unto the fathers of Israel by the prophets in Israel has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Know this, that God speaks today. He, he spoke in time past to the fathers of Israel by the prophets of Israel. He's still speaking in these last days. I want you to know that. God wants you to know that. He's still speaking in these last days, but in these last days, which are about to come to an end at any moment, He's still speaking, but in these last days, He's speaking to us by His Son. And you need to know that. 
And uh, that doesn't mean that we don't go back and, and, and glean from the, what the prophets were given by God because even though what they were given they didn't understand, we can understand now because Christ, who is the light of God's Word, came and revealed Himself as that one the Scriptures were about, even saying that the Scriptures are about Him. Luke 24, 44 through 46 uh, John 38 and 39, uh, Psalms 40 verse 7, the volume of the book was written of Christ. Again in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 7, the scriptures are about Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, so he's speaking to us in these last days by his son, not through a tree, not through a cloud, not by a, a car accident. It's not God if he's not speaking by his son. If you're hearing God speak, it's by his son. That means through his son. Let's make sure that we understand some basic thing today. If God is involved in anything in your life, it's through Christ. It's only in Christ. So first of all, you have to be born again to be in Christ. And there's the only experience of the salvation, the blessings, the experience of God other than His wrath and resistance that is to everyone outside of Christ. Yes, He's calling everyone, but as long as they reject him, resist him, he is rejecting and resisting them. His call is to all. He, he, he so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. All they have to do is believe, but until they believe, the wrath of God is against them. His resistance is against them because he resists the proud. Who are the proud? Not just the, the heady and high-minded acting man who owns half the town and walks around like he's Mr. Big Shot. Pride in the eyes of God is anybody who's trusting in anything other than Jesus Christ, his son, and what he did at Calvary. I don't care if it's a preacher for 60 years. If he's telling you you have to do something to be delivered from some bondage, that's pride. Even though we don't recognize that as pride, makes no difference what you recognize that's wrong. It's still wrong. And if you're sowing to that, if you're believing that, or you're being told that, that's pride. God resists the proud. And the proud are those who resist His one and only way of salvation, of sanctification, of fruit bearing, of living by grace through faith, which is trusting in Christ's finished work at Calvary alone. Anything we add to that is when we open the door and begin to operate by pride. We trust in Christ and what He did at Calvary. Then we're told <coughs> that to get rid of some of these bondages that didn't go the moment we were born again, we, we're given a book and, and told to read the book and do what's in the book. And If you do what's in the book, God will deliver you from those bondages and those chains. That's pride. God resists all of that. He, he, he resists all of that. So, let's make sure we get this right. God, in these last days, is still speaking. Are you hearing Him? If you're not hearing God speak, it's either because you're not born again, you're not in His Son, Jesus Christ, yet, or if you are saved, you're born again, and you're in Christ, it's because so many other things are more important to you than hearing God. 
All, all you have to do is, is, is bring a sincere and a broken heart before the Lord, grab your Bible, open your Bible, and begin to ask God to give you that which you need. Stir your heart to believe. Fill you with a desire for His Word. Fill you with a desire for Him. Because He doesn't, he doesn't go for this just once every 90 days. You, you get a little convicted, so you say, Lord, Lord, help! No, the Lord's looking for you to turn from everything you're all wrapped up in to Him and become all wrapped up in Him. To give Him your life. You surrender your time. You surrender your, your money. You surrender all that you are, you think, needs to be surrendered to Him. He is speaking in these last days. Are you hearing Him? Well, I'm not hearing God. Well, that's not, you can't put that on God. God is speaking in these last days, but He's speaking to us in these last days by His Son. You have to be born again, and then after you're saved from your sin, born again, saved from the wrath to come, then you have to follow Christ. Jesus told the, the folks that had believed on Him, now I don't know, to what degree they believed on him, but he said this to those Jews who had believed upon him in John chapter 8. You can read it in verse 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, mm, if you continue in my word, that doesn't mean just reading the Bible. If you continue to walk in that by faith that I'm teaching you, I'm leading you in, I'm speaking to you. Amen. Remember, we live by faith. We walk by faith. But Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it's got to be in the context of the Son of God. Amen. Which is what who Jesus is and what He did at Calvary. So let's move on here. Y'all are hanging me up here too long this morning. Has in these last days spoken to us by His Son whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Jesus is creator. He's, he, he's heir of all things, creator of all things. And then he goes into verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And let, let's say something about that. There ain't nobody seeing God. There ain't nobody hearing from God. There ain't nobody experiencing anything from God outside the wrath of God except in Christ. In Christ. And to be in Christ, you have to trust in His death because that's the exact place the Holy Spirit immerses you in the born-again experience. Romans 6, 3. Don't you know? As many of us as have, as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into His death. That's where you and I were placed into Christ and the plan of God because we had to be crucified with Him. To make that easier understandable, if that's a word, let me say this, that we showed up in this life as sinners. When we were born, we didn't go and commit sins to become a sinner. We began to sin in this life because that's who we are. We're born as sinners separated from God. Because <clears throat> we were all in the first Adam in the garden when he sinned. He's all the world 
He's, he's everybody's daddy and Eve is the mother of all living, the Bible says. So when he became a sinner, all he could produce was sinners. Well, God sent the last Adam and all who trust in him <clears throat> are identified with him in his death. God sees not only his son dying for your sins, but he sees Jesus Christ, his son, representing you so wonderfully and perfectly in his death that God sees you being put to death with him. Just like God saw you becoming a sinner when Adam sinned, he saw you being delivered from your sin, placed in Christ when you trusted in the last Adam. <clears throat> You need to understand these things. Are you today, is your faith still identified with what Jesus did for you at Calvary? It's the only way you're going to continue to hear from God properly. Let me just say this today to all the Christians who may run across us on social media. If you're not following the way of the cross, then all God can do is point you to that point you to that. And you may be one of those Christians that say, I'm tired of all the, everywhere I look, all these folks talking about the cross, the way of the cross, they're trying to make everything about the cross. That's God, my friend, trying to get you back to the way that he's going to function in your life and you're going to be able to hear him and function according to what you're hearing him speak to you by his son. Those of us who God has been able to get back to the path of righteousness, the way of the cross. What he does daily is confirm that path daily with his word. Then, then and only then does God's word become a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. A lamp to your feet to confirm you are on the right path finally and a light that lights up the, the next steps on the path of righteousness. That scripture doesn't take place. Psalms 119, 105 is what I'm quoting. That scripture does not take place because I quote it, because I want it to, unless I, listen, <clears throat> I have to allow God to bring me back to a cross-centered theology. Then the word of God becomes a lamp to my feet and a light to my path because the path is that of righteousness. And it's the only path God guides us down, restores our soul on the path of righteousness, leads us. Outside of that is us, our flesh, guiding and leading. God guides us only in the path of righteousness for it is the only place where the fruits of righteousness can be bare and we walk on that path by faith in God's Word. And all, this is, this is again, breaking in the new year right in 2021, the first Monday, our first broadcast in 2021 here, all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down, hang it up, declare it till you get it in your spirit. All of God's words are in righteousness and His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That means, listen, that means that outside of faith in the gospel, 
the good news, the death of Jesus at Calvary, God's Word is not going to be able to be handled properly, believed properly, understood properly, or carried out properly by the Holy Spirit in and through your life. Don't waste another year sitting under folks teaching God's Word outside of that righteous context. Don't waste another Bible study where you open God's Word and when you leave, you're, you're not seeing a broader picture of Christ. You're, you're, you're not having a longing, uh, a greater longing to serve and to worship and to be found obedient unto Him. Don't waste another day. All of God's words are in righteousness and if He's speaking to us in these last days by His Son, that means He's speaking to us by what His Son did at Calvary because outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, righteousness does not exist for humanity. Not in the initial status of God declaring us righteous or in the daily avenues of of opportunity to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. Many Christians have heard this. They've heard me and they've turned it off and they've, they, they've decided, they've chosen to stay in their make-believe and their, in their mystical, magical, <clears throat> fleshly feelings and emotional uh, avenues. God won't honor it. Most of what is Christianity today is based on feelings and emotions instead of the leading of the Holy Spirit. He only guides you to the path of righteousness which takes place by faith in the cross of Jesus Christ alone. And that is the only path He continues to guide you down. So let me say this again. It's very important. If you're not on this path, if, if you think that these folks are just making too much of the cross, warning too much of the faults and, and all, and just I'm tired of hearing all that, you're not on the path. You're not on the path. You may, you're on a path, but you're not on the path. When, you, when God is able to eventually get you back to the path of righteousness, that's where your desire is going to be to hear the Word of God in the context of Jesus, the one who said the Word is about Him and what He did at Calvary that allows His Word to be imparted to you, experienced by you, the fruit of God's Word to take place in your life. You're going to love it and you're going to love it more and you're going to want to hear it more. But until then, it's just the pride of man. It's the pride of man. So Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. He's the brightness. You're not going to see God outside of Christ. You're not going to hear God outside of Christ. You're, you're not going to experience God outside of Christ. Jesus Christ. And that means outside of your faith firmly planted in what He did at Calvary. His miracles and His perfect life before He gave His life had to take place, but none of it saved us. It had to be through the humble, obedient act of Him dying, laying His life down, His blood being shed so that you and I could be, so that you and I could enter into the door. Jesus is the door, but the cross is the hinge, my friends. Without the cross... You might know a lot about Jesus. You can read it in the Bible, but you can't enter in to Christ without faith in His death at Calvary. You can't enter into Christ by any work you do. 
Not water baptism, not circumcision, not anything. You can't open the door yourself. God opened the door at Calvary. God opened the door at Calvary. And that door is open to whosoever will believe upon the one that calls himself the door and gave his life so that you and I, by faith alone in that alone, could enter into that door. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. The, the, the fullest picture there can be of God is Jesus Christ. He is the express image of the person of God. If you see Jesus, you've seen God. You've seen the Father. That's what he told his disciples. You, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. No need to wonder what he's like. You know what he's like if you've seen me, Jesus said. Now, he's upholding all things by the word of his power. And we discussed that in the last session, that that word, not the power of his word, but as it is written, he's upholding all things now by the word of his power. And we discussed that recently. Watch the last broadcast. The word of his power is the word he was sent to this earth with that command he was given to come and to lay his life down and to take it up again. That's where he found the power to lay his life down and to take it up again, he said in John 10, 18, because he had that commandment, hey, commandment of the Father. He, he obeyed. The power is in obedience, my friend. Not you going out and doing something, but you believing in the obedience of Christ. That's what Romans chapter 6 really is, is, is basically really mostly about. Showing us that we're either, even as Christians, serving the sin nature unto death, that which is separated from fellowship. We, all, we might go through the motions, but, but if our faith is not still as Christians in the cross of Christ, we've moved it to these fad schemes and all these things. Men under the influence of Satan is brought in church we're serving the sin nature. That's why we're dried up. That's why sin, there's areas of sin in our life that dominate us. Nobody knows about it but you and God, but it's dominating your life and it's because you've not heard or you have heard and you've rejected that the object of faith for initial salvation and daily salvation, victory, the place where the sin nature no longer dominates you is through faith in the cross alone. If you don't know that, now you've heard it. Now you have the choice. And God will honor what He's given you in the Word of God. The only option we have is to continue to serve the sin nature. And death is the result. Even for Christians. Remember the church in Sardis. Jesus told in the book of Revelation chapter 3 through the, uh, John the Apostle, tell them, John, they have a name that they're alive. They really seem to have it going on, but they're dead. You need to get that today. Jesus told the church in Sardis, you're dead. You're, you're, the church alive in Christ is dead? They, they, they weren't trusting in the cross any longer. They were trusting in all the things that had them, gave them a name like they were alive. They had that form, my friend. Don't let the form of godliness deceive you. You need the word of his power. It's the word of the cross. How do we know? John 10, 18. Jesus said, No man takes my life from me, but I have power 
to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. Think about that. The word of his power is the word he was sent to obey so that you and I could become obedient to God. Now, and I love the next portion when he says, when he had by himself purged our sins. I didn't help God in the salvation plan. No man other than Christ Jesus played a part in our salvation. Jesus, at the will of the Father, through the eternal Spirit, even the giving of his life, was through his choice, a humble, a humble and obedient act upon Christ by the Spirit of God through the eternal spirit. I believe it's Hebrews 9, 14. Let's look over there at that this morning and see that the Godhead uh, mentioned here in, in Hebrews 9 and 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, powerful, isn't it? Through the eternal spirit, the spirit of God, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Do you see that? Jesus by himself. Not, not Jesus and what he did at Calvary and then I have to play a, a role in that too by being water baptized or I didn't really get saved. Don't believe that. You need to go get water baptized as a celebration and an act of obedience to God's word because you have been born again. But when you try to make your water baptism in some formula name, some guy posted on our YouTube channel the other day, you baptized in the wrong formula. And these guys are serious about this. These guys think you're not saved unless you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus and that name only. They teach that. They believe they got these cults out there who believe that. And if, if these folks, if these folks, if they did get saved, all they can do is be under law now and serve the sin nature. And I don't really even believe they're saved. I don't see how they can be saved, born again, if they think they played a part, a role in the saving of their soul. The Bible says here, Jesus by himself purged us from our sins. You didn't play a part in that except believing that he paid the price by himself. If you don't believe Jesus by himself purged you from your sins, but rather you had to also do something, that eliminates you from God's grace. That eliminates you from the saving grace of God. And let me say something. God's not eliminating anyone from his way. God's not eliminating anyone from his way. People have even said that, certain ministries, about <coughs> these ministries the Lord is raising up to be determined to know nothing else but Christ and him crucified. Oh, they just think they have to say the cross all the time. Oh, they just have to talk. Oh, they're the elitist. They, they think they're elite above everybody. Nobody thinks that, my friend. That's coming from voices that refuse to preach the cross and be determined to know nothing else but Christ and him crucified. You need to understand that. But Jesus purged us from our sins by himself. We didn't play a role in that. We did not play a role in that. that the work was done by Christ alone. 
And if we think we played a part in the work of salvation, we're not saved. Let me say this. I didn't finish it. God's not eliminating anyone from His way of salvation. Men eliminate themselves by not believing. It's always self-elimination, not God eliminating. Not God eliminating. The man who robs the bank stands before the judge. The judge is simply issuing the results, carrying out, uh, declaring or, 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 or sentencing the man for what he did. You need to understand that. God is not eliminating people. God is inviting all people to believe upon His Son to become His sons and daughters of God. But when we refuse to believe that Jesus paid it all at Calvary, even the lie that Jesus had to go to hell, that's not in your Bible, my friend. <coughs> oh, He went <coughs> and delivered those that had been captive in paradise, Ephesians 4 tells us that, but Jesus did not go and finish the work of your salvation in hell. He declared it finished from the cross. And when you add to what Jesus did at Calvary for salvation, you eliminate yourself. God doesn't. You're eliminated through self-elimination. Because, because to, to believe that God didn't finish all that we need at the cross in His Son's death is pride. And all God can do with pride is reject it. I hope you understand that today. I believe most of you do. I would ask you to, to share these broadcasts on social media. Just, just, just hit the share button. Just, just, it's right there. Just hit the share button. Those that know you, work with you, don't... Are you worried about what they'll think about you? Are you really? And I know what that's like. I was there years ago. I, I understand what it's like in a young, carnal, baby state of Christianity. But once you begin to grow and mature, you, you want people to hear the teaching of the truth of God's Word, the, the avenue of His righteousness pointed to. Whether, whether it's your preacher in your church or not, who cares? just so they hear <coughs> the words of life and the proper, righteous teaching of God's Word. I hope you join us every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 here live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or watch it on the YouTube channel or the website. Again, the website is thecrosswaychurch.com and the YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's always a pleasure to be able to share God's Word with you. I pray that you would pray for us because we're praying for you. And don't forget to sow into good ground. Become a part of where the truth is piercing the darkness. Become a part of more than just some place where people get together every week. Become a part by sowing into financially and the ministry is here for you. The giving is for your blessing. Become a part where the light of God's Word, the truth of God's Word is piercing through the darkness. And that is only taking place 
where the message of the cross is being believed, lived, and ministered. And I praise God for every one of you who are praying for us and sowing into this ministry. And we believe God's going to do the greatest things He's ever done in church history this year of 2021. That light is going to shine brighter, the light of Christ, than it has ever shown in church history this year. I hope you're allowing Him to prepare you for it. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.